What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knock a Few Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, The CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Okay, first we're going to talk about the trade deadline acquisitions, and then we're going to discuss the Heat's week. All right. Uh, according to multiple reports, well, it was confirmed already. Nemanja Bielica and Victor Oladipo were acquired during the trade deadline. What did we give up? Well, in the Bielica trade, we gave up Chris Silva, Moharkless. And, you know, Chris Silva, he always brought energy. Whenever he was on the floor, he brought his all. Moharkless, he just never, he could never find his footing in the rotation here in Miami. And, you know, it turned out to be a bust. So I wish them all, I wish them both the best in Sacramento. And welcome, Nemanja Bielitsa. He comes in as the de facto Kelly Olenek replacement. Be, because, well, in the other trade, we parted ways with Kelly Olenek and... With, with, sorry, with Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley barely played here in Miami. He played like 10 games, but then he got injured. Kelly Olenek was the one that probably hurt a little bit. You know, he was consistent part of the rotation. He was in the starting lineup. He 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 was he wasn't having a really 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 good season, but you know, he was important to the team and what we were doing. So, you know, Kelly's the only like real probably asset that we parted with in the three trades that we have done. By the way, let's recap what the front office has done with the roster and the shakeup. They acquired Trevor Ariza for a second round pick and Myers Leonard, a player who was out for this season and he was not going to come back to the team at any point whatsoever due to his behavior. And he's probably out of the league at this point. And you know, well, that's what you get when you say those things. Then, you trade it a guy who wasn't even a part of our rotation and and, and a young but, but you know a, a very raw player guy who's probably I hope he has an, a a solid NBA future but right now it's not looking too good for him maybe he finds something in Sacramento and a rotation player who was pretty good and a guy who barely played with us so i would say that's a pretty solid re- we gave up basically nothing for Trevor Ariza, Victor Oladipo, and Kelly Olet and Nemanja Bielitsa. Excuse me. Let's re- let's see what Bielitsa and Oladipo bring to the table. 
Bialica, he was supposed to be, he's coming in as a, he's advertised as a shooter. His best shooting season was, was actually last season, shot 42% from deep on four attempts per game. But right now this season, he has, he has struggled a bit with a three point shot, 29% on two attempts per game. He brings in, you know, he's a big guy. He's, he's a shooter. Came into the league when he was 27. He's been he's been around, but he came in when he was pretty old. Oladipo. Oladipo, he excellent defensive player. He's not a particularly great shooter. You know, he his efficiency has not been great this season. However, his his ability to play to, to get drive to the basket and finish around the rim. Mark Schindler wrote a, an excellent article on what Victor Oladipo brings to the table. On premiumhoops.com, you should definitely check it out. Like that guy's one of the best out there, and he mentioned something in his piece that he's a really he's shooting it really well around the rim this season. He's shooting around sixty three percent around the rim during the season. So I think that's that that could help jumpstart our offense, which has been struggling mightily all season long. No, Kyle Lowry acquired during the trade deadline. You know, I, I was I was surprised. I was part of a Twitch stream with El Calor de Miami, a, a Spanish Miami Heat podcast. And we most of us thought that he was coming here. All in the all indications would all see all week long we were the indication was that he was coming either to Philly or Miami and Miami was the front runner. But Masayo Jiri's to pat at the trade deadline and now they're just gonna write the season out and Kyle Lowry will be a free agent at the end of the season. The buyout market. Now, the buyout market has been pretty dire. Greg Sylvander reported that Marcus Aldridge was on his way to Miami, but then he had a change of heart and signed with the Nets. No, okay. The Aldridge signing I wasn't really in love with. He's a veteran player. He can score a bit from the mid-range, but the guy can't move anymore, and he's, what, 35, 36? He, he will probably have to stay around patrolling the rim, and with our switching scheme, he, if, if he was brought out to the perimeter, he was going to get cooked every time by by any player that was at least a bit quick. And Gorgie Jiang, a guy that I really thought we should we should go after, he signed with the Spurs. So the buyout market has not been kind to the Miami Heat. Right now, available, there's DeMarcus Cousins. We'll have to see what Otto Porter does with the Magic. And yeah, there are other guys out there that we could take advantage that we could sign, but right now it's not looking it's it's looking like well, we're gonna the buyout market will not be of huge impact for the Miami Heat. Anyway, let's move to the previous week of Heat basketball. Not a good one in particular. Five game losing streak right now. And we head to the we head to New York tonight. And by the way, Bielisa will make his debut tonight, but not Victor Oladipo. He's still in Miami. The Heat are saying that he's suffering from a head cold. And Kendrick Nunn won't be able to play due to him. He tweaked his ankle in the in the Hornets game. Let's go to the Heat and the Suns game. This was Jay Crowder's return to Miami. As, we, as all Heat fans know, last season Jay Crowder was huge for us. He was a he was a, a key piece to our finals run. Kendrick started off making his first two shots 
Kendrick, you know, this week he played pretty well, aside from the Hornets game, in which he was sidelined early due to his ankle. But he 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 scored the ball very well in the in the two games that he played complete. And DeAndre Aiden, you know, the Suns were since they know that the Heat switch a lot, they were they were hunting for DeAndre Aiden mismatches, but he could not take advantage of the at the beginning of the Heat switching. Booker was outstanding in scoring the ball. He's in, he's a premier scorer. He's incredible. He was making tough tough shots in the mid range from three, with defenders draped all over him. But that's what a premier scorer does. He's gonna score the toughest baskets that you're gonna imagine. Aiden finally started taking advantage of the Heat switching, and that that spelled trouble for us. Aiden started. He grabbed 16 rebounds in this game, and he was and he was a a mismatch everywhere. Like the, the two. We, we played against two of the best rebounding centers in the league this week against Ennis Canner and DeAndre Aiden, and they both killed us in the offensive rebounding department. Crowder, you know, he came out on a mission in that game. He was scoring the ball. He was swishing the shots, barely touching the net. And, you know, the Suns, he he was reminding us what we're missing. That's a Jay crowder size hole that we have not been able to fill. Bam had, had a really nice dunk. Bam slam. And the offense struggled, was struggling a bit to to that point. Fourteen points with one thirty to go in the in the in that quarter. The Suns were stroking it from deep, but you know, Bam and Hero started to have a nice connection. And the quarter ended with the Suns ahead twenty five to twenty. Now the second quarter we started with a steal by Andre Godala of a you know, his hands are incredible. Bless Iggy's hands. That guy has the best hands I've ever seen a player on defense. The Heat could not. They were struggling mightily shooting the three point, but the three pointer, and they deployed a two three zone. But it didn't make a lot of sense since the Suns were scorching hot from three, and they they made us pay for deploying that. Bam had a pretty, you know, I wouldn't say a stupid turnover, but he well, he basically threw the ball out of bounds. Miami had seven turnovers up to that point. Duncan had back to back trays, but Booker was just scorching hot. He hit a three over Jimmy. Jimmy contested him pretty well, in Baji, but Booker was just, wow. Precious, you know, he showed some size of, in this game in particular, he shot the free throw pretty well. But Pre- we need to find some somebody to take Precious, min- Precious minutes because he cannot be out there for a championship contender. He's still too raw. I'm not saying he can't be a, a good NBA player or even a really good NBA player in the future. But right now, he they need to focus on his development and him playing the, this amount of minutes on a contender is not going not gonna to do him any favors. It's gonna, not going to do him or the team any favors. The Suns, they literally could not miss from, from three. Ariza starting to find a shoot his footing with the team. This was his best week as a Heat player. Good to see him. It's good to see him finest footing this this well and this early. Duncan had to guard Booker on, on a possession and you know what happened? Well, Booker cooked him. And the Suns, they had a, an explosive offensive quarter and they ended and they ended a half ahead 58 to 43. Down the third quarter, here's something interesting from the broadcast and you know, something that I noticed too, but Jimmy Butler did not get to the line at all in that first half and that's a problem because Jimmy Butler thrives when he's going to the line the whole offense up opens up because the defense they they when the defense starts to get in foul trouble they don't want to they get a, li- a bit less aggressive protecting the rim and jimmy 
Looks like he he got a pep talk in, in the halftime locker room because Jimmy was much more aggressive to start the half, getting to the basket. But the rest of the Heat could not buy anything. They could not get anything to go. Booker Booker had a pretty you know the stat line might not wow you, but he had some really good plays. And then he Bam is probably the Heat's best one on one defender. And Booker he schooled them in a possession. Bam. Did a pretty nice job sticking with him in the perimeter, but Booker just he just went up and under on him and and he he faked he faked a shot and they went up and under and Bam just stood there. He couldn't do anything. Aiden and and in back to back possessions, Bam had some had some bad luck on defense because there was a pick and roll possession where Aiden yeah, had a pretty good dive to the basket. He timed it perfectly. And Bam was just in the way, and he couldn't do anything. Aiton was really big and strong, and Bam, he just well, he just fouled him, and that was a three-point play. Jimmy started aggressively, but the Suns then contained him, and Precious came in, and Chris Paul just hunted him on switches, and he was killing him from the mid-range. In a couple of possessions, Kendrick was pretty played pretty well in this game. He was shooting the the rock with efficiency. However, the Suns went. Went into the fourth quarter ahead, 85 to 73. Heroes struggled mightily in that game, and you know, the game after against the after the Blazers, against against the Blazers, excuse me, he played his best game of the season. But you know, I I guess it it makes sense that he has been struggling, but he's he's just 21, and he has been in trade rumors since the season started. So I guess that might have been weighing on him a little bit. No Jimmy in the fourth quarter. I think he didn't even play in that fourth quarter. And, and Kelly didn't come in. And, uh, you know, the final score, 110 to 100, it's a bit close. It's much closer than the game actually was. Because in Gabe Benson, I think he made a shot to end the, the game. And, you know, we, we finished the game with a 10-point deficit. So, go us. Now, hot stuff from this game. 17 free throw attempts, 15 make free throws. I think that's the only positive thing I could find for this game. Cold stuff, 13 turnovers, 41.9% shooting from the floor and 49 and allowing the Suns to shoot 49.5% from the floor. That's not going to get it done. When you shoot that bad and you allow your opponent to shoot that well, well, you're going to lose. Now let's move on to the Heat Blazers game, which took place during after the trade deadline. So no Kelly. No Chris Silva and no more Harkless for that game, although more Harkless and Chris Silva don't even play. No Jimmy, too, but he didn't get traded. He was just suffering from a, a stomach sickness. So, you know, he was sick with the rumors. Anyway, the first no Jimmy, vice versa, where we use vice versa, the go jerseys in this game, national TV game. I, I think we should stop using the vice versa jerseys on national TV because peep, the response has not been pretty to them. They, they look like the Gogurt jerseys. Now, when I saw them uh, when they were presented before the season, I thought they would look nice. But then when when I saw the court, when I saw them in action, they don't look that good. They're the worst. They're the worst vice jerseys. <laughs> C.J. McCollum, that's a name that was just that we're gonna hear a bit in the during the this game breakdown. He killed the Heat. Started early. He he scored 19 in the first first quarter, but the offense for the Heat, which was curiously, you know, has been pretty bad all season long, was outstanding. 
in this game. Duncan made a deep three, and I mean a very deep three. He, he were countering the Blazers' offense. And by the way, Vincent started ahead of Tyler Hero. So I guess they wanted to have more defense in the backcourt for, for, for Lillard and McCollum. It worked to an extent for Lillard, but not for, with McCollum. McCollum, you know, he he missed a couple of games, a lot of games with the with a foot injury that he suffered way back, and now he looks like I haven't watched Blazers game this Blazers games this season. This was my first Blazers game, but you know, looks like he was falling in the rhythm. The shots were falling for Miami, which is a really good sign. The players look looked so much more loose. Duncan, Kendrick, Tyler, they all look, they all looked. Wow, they looked really good in that in that game. CJ finally missed, and you know he what a ridiculous streak of he made a lot of. He started off like four for four or five for five, something like that. He finally missed, but Precious he could not box out Canner, and Canner got the points, and that's going to be a recurring theme in this game. And as Canner, particularly in the fourth quarter, he was huge for the Blazers, grabbing offensive rebounds in. But you know it's part of the scheme, and also part of the that. Precious cannot box out yet. And the game was really fun, actually. You know, Arisa, oh, there was a position where Arisa almost had a steal. And, and you know, it was very fast-paced. The Heat, you know, they were playing their usual brand of basketball, but the shots were falling. And, you know, that's that's actually pretty good. It's, it, feels, it feels really good. The Struz was not loose that night, at least from three, but he was getting to the rim, which is... Uh, an opposite of what Duncan Robinson does. Duncan Robinson does not get to the rim a lot, even though he has really long arms. I think he should maybe take a book out of the Struce book, a, a page out of the Struce book. <laughs> CJ was outstanding in the first quarter. I think I I can overstate it. Ban was very aggressive. He had a really good game that that night. I guess with the increase increase in possessions. And the pace and the Blazers not being a good defensive team, I guess that helps and makes your offense look very good. The second quarter, Struz got a got a layup in transition. It was one of the strangest ways to get a layup I've seen. So the ball got tipped and he somehow relocated, found the ball in the air, and he got a free layup. Bam had a huge slam in that second quarter, and Miami did a pretty good was doing a pretty good job containing Lillard. They were doubling him, and he. He was taking, you know, his usual almost shots from almost half court, but he wasn't making them. And the broadcast mentioned that he has been struggling from deep a bit in the last few games. He was making his shots. He would look, he looked very confident, but he was making floaters from the mid range. I think, you know, sometimes we concentrate too much on Hero's three point shooting, but he, I think, him going to the to the mid range, selling for mid range shots. I think it should be a bigger part of his game. So. Because he shoots it pretty well. Derek Jones Jr. blocked Duncan Robinson on a three-pointer. He knew exactly where he was going. And CJ had 27 in the first half. And Bam blocked Litter in the possession. And Litter was really angry. He thought he was fouled. And he, and he just fouled Bam out of frustration. And the half ended with Portland ahead 59-58. to Now the third quarter, the threes kept falling for Miami. Kendrick was loose. The tar- the shots were falling for Tyler and Duncan. You know, I don't know if it's if I'm if I'm seeing things here, but I saw Duncan. He was moving with a lot of zip when he was coming off screens, and his movement off the ball was really 
was very quick and decisive. The defense needed to clamp down a bit. You know the Blazers are one of the best offensive teams in the league. But you know the defense was not was not really did not play really well in this game. The Portland Trailblazers ranked seventh in offensive rating. However, they rank 29th in defensive rating. They're one of the worst teams in the league in def- on defense. So I guess that's how our defense, our offense looked pretty good. Blizzard started making bombs and, you know, sometimes great players, they sometimes find a way and that's, sometimes you just can't do anything about it. Hero beat the buzzer to end the third quarter and the game was tied at 91. Now in the fourth quarter, here's a sentence I thought I would never say. Carmelo Anthony and Gabe Vincent start trading threes in the fourth quarter and the offense was just incredible that night. The offense didn't, after five straight three-pointers, they went on a 15 to nothing run. The offense cooled down a bit, and they allowed Portland to come back. And Bam had a huge slam again. And Portland, to end the game, he they had a 14-4 to run. The offensive rebounds were a huge issue down the stretch. Counter was killing us on the boards. I think there were 13 seconds left, and Bam managed to tie the game. It was a... It was very reminiscent of the final play against the Grizzlies, but this time it worked because they just lopped it up to Bam. He was guarded by Derrick Jones Jr., former Heat player. Good to good to see him out there. And Bam, he made a wild layup, and he tied the game. But the game ended with a very... Uh, it was a... I wouldn't say it was a bad call because I think it was the correct call, but those types of calls, you don't make them at the end of the game. And, you know, Portland... The, the game basically ended at the free throw line. And Portland won 125 to 122. And those are the types of games that you hate to lose. Absolutely hate to lose. So anyway, after the break, we're going to discuss the Heat Hornets game. And we're going to check out the Heat Player of the Week. So stick around for more 305 Culture Talk. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains. And they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E dot com. With the start of the NBA season in full swing, we invite you to come and hashtag prop op on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, in the NBA, you choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has thousands more guaranteed for the NBA this season. Use promo code JIMMY, that's J-I-M-M-Y, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today.
And we're back. Okay, let's discuss the Heat Hornets game. The first quarter, Jimmy came back after missing the last game with a stomach sickness. Now, those let me say something. Those Hornets jerseys that they play in the court, they're a bomb. They are probably the best jerseys in the game right now. They are incredible. And the Hornets offense was incredible as well in that first quarter. The, the Hornets offense could not miss. They were getting wide open looks. The Heat defense was lost. Which is really weird, you know, the the last few games of the week, the Heat struggled mightily against against the against offenses because this has been a strength of the team for during the whole season, and they just they just couldn't get a stop. And it's not like the Hornets are a particularly great offensive team; they're fifteenth in the league in offensive rating, but they seem like the like the twenty seventeen Warriors out there with the with with the offense. Malik Monk, he killer Hall of Famer. That guy, man, I wish you could get him so he, we don't we don't have to face him because that guy turns into prime Ray Allen whenever he plays us. The first quarter ended forty to twenty three in favor of the Hornets. Forty points for the Hornets in that first quarter alone. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot the hot stuff for the first game against the. Against the for the game against the Blazers, the offense. I think that's just what I have to say. But the cold stuff, the defense and the rebounding, that's what killed us. So anyway, back to the Hornets game. Uh, Monk in the second quarter, he was just outstanding. The Heat offense started to come alive a bit, but the defense was just terrible. Those Hornets announcers, <laughs> I, I, those guys. It's like I'm watching a, I'm, I'm watching the WWE every time. You see a Hornets game when you see it in Charlotte, and in Kendrick, you know Kendrick was was keeping us in it until he turned his ankle. He was grimacing, and but Monk finally missed because, damn it, that guy could not miss. He literally could not miss. And Hero took Biombo off the dribble in a possession, but he fumbled the finish. And the Heat offense was getting to its spots, you know, and they were they were making their shots. But the Heat defense was abysmal, and we allowed 70 first-half points to the Charlotte Hornets. And Jimmy took a lot of threes in that game. He made, like, two, but he took a lot of them. And we don't like it when Jimmy's taking a lot of threes. And the half ended with the Hornets ahead 72-49. to Not great. Third quarter. Well, none was out for the rest of the game. And the free-throw shooting in this game, my goodness, they... The Heat could not make a a free throw. They shot fifty percent from the free throw line in this game. Ten of twenty. They left a lot of points on the on the line. And you know, when you think about it, they left ten points at the free throw line. They lost by five at the end of the game. So just use use your use the math. The Hornets were matching every Heat basket in the third quarter. Jimmy made another three, and he got a seal off a pass. Nobody's better. I'm gonna keep saying it. nobody's better at playing the passing lanes. Then Jimmy Butler, the defense picked it up in that third quarter, and but the offense stayed, you know, stayed the same. They were making their shots. The Heat were making a run, but Malik Monk came in and he and he put a stop to that. Precious cannot cannot keep seeing consistent minutes. He could he he miss he he takes a bit some wild shots. He can't handle passes. 
his hands are made of stone, looks like. And, wow. Precious. I really hope he gets it together. Maybe next season we'll see him. But, you know, I guess we gotta come some slack. He didn't have an, and he didn't play summer league. He didn't have a normal training camp. So I guess, you know, I guess it's normal to see a rookie like him struggling that much. Jimmy had a move in, in the third quarter where he freed himself up of the of the ball. He basically turned around from the defender and he jumped up for a lob and a foul. And he made his free throws. The Hornets were ahead after the third quarter, 92-79. to 79. It was, The Heat closed the quarter pretty well. And, you know, they, they made their shots. The fourth quarter, Jimmy, he kept shooting threes. I don't know what was going on with him. Maybe he felt, I don't know, maybe he didn't feel that well after his stomach thing. Bless Iggy's hands. Again, I think we got to say at least once a game, bless Iguodala's hands. And Duncan was 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 making his shots in this game, and he he made a two off a stream and a pass, but by, by Jimmy. But the Hornets played very fast. At least in this game, they were playing. He was they were playing really fast. Bam! In the fourth quarter, Bam was outstanding. He killed. He was killing Biombo at the rim. He went right at him in in like two straight possessions, and he he was basically the main driver of the offense in the fourth quarter. Duncan made a wild three to keep the, the heat in it in the final seconds. But, you know, Terry Rozier had other plans. I think they they probably should have kept the ball. But, you know, Terry Rozier, he felt it and he let it go. Can't blame the... Can't say I don't like the confidence. And the Hornets ended up winning 110-105. to Hot stuff for the heat. Only 10 turnovers. 28 assists, and they slowed down the Hornets after a blistering first quarter. You know, and the fourth quarter was, was really good. The, was really hot for the Miami Heat. Cold stuff. They allowed Charlotte to shoot 49% from the field. Miami shot 50% from the line, and they allowed 18 made three-pointers. Which, by the way, they allowed 20 to the Blazers in the previous game. So, that's not a... That's something that should be cleaned up for the Heat pretty soon. Now... Let's award the Heat Player of the Week, Bam Adebayo. His averages for the week, 20.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, and 5 assists per game. Kendrick made a bit of a run for it in my book, but he missed the second half of the third game, and Jimmy was not eligible because he missed the game. Now it was a pretty short week. They only had three games. But you know, Bam played play pretty well in every game that was played. But we need to win now because we're losing footing in the Eastern Conference race, and I feel like this team should be a four seed at, at most, at, 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 at best. This team, you know, with the additions, I think we're, we're going to play really well. Our, some people on Twitter say that our, that our real season starts on Monday. So let's see. Knicks on Monday. No Victor Oladipo for this game, but Bielitsa will come will play. Look at the week ahead. Knicks on Monday. Pacers on Wednesday. Warriors on Thursday. That's a three-game road trip. And then we end the week at home against the Cavaliers. Now, let's say our best case scenario, worst case scenario, and let's settle for a realistic case scenario. I think we can beat the Knicks. The offense has looked pretty good. You know, we didn't go against defensive juggernauts in the last two games. But, you know, they, they, he looked, they looked like a different team out there after, after the trade deadline. So I'm going to say that he, 
if Victor Oladipo debuts on Wednesday against the Pacers, that's going to be must-watch TV. It's going to be his return to Indiana. Now, the Pacers, they've been, you know, Karis LeVert has been a pretty good addition for them. But uh, I think the Heat, they should come out swinging against them. And I'm going to say the best-case scenario is going to be a 3-on-1 week. The Warriors, the, I think Steph Curry is probably going to be back by then because he was upgraded to probable, to questionable, I think, if he was upgraded uh, the last game. He's missed pre previous games with an injury. So with Steph Curry on, in town, but we, we probably have a little deeper by then, so our backcourt defense should be much better. Point of attack defense. And the Cavaliers, we already beat them once. I think we can beat them again. So our worst case, we I would say 2-2 two and two in a realistic you know what? I'm going to go with the realistic. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to get the podcast on a positive note. Three in one week for the Miami Heat, and they get back on track. Now, the the where the Heat rank, 24th in offensive rating, 7th in defensive rating, 24th in turnovers per game, 16th in three-pointers three made, and 27th in rebounds per game. Now, let's hope that the Heat's additions from the previous week play well and that our season turns around for the better and we get and we get home court advantage for the playoffs because right now we're entering the stretch run of the season. And this is very crucial for us. So let's see. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. You can also listen on Dash Radio via the Nothing But Net station. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.